Welcome to Staying at the Table. We are friends and community and part of a church called Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Despite our many differences, we aim to stay at the table, which means we don't walk away from each other when we disagree. We believe the best of relationship comes when we're willing to listen to each other, showing love even when we continue to see the world differently. In today's episode, we talk about the Old Testament. We pulled a question out of a basket from the things that uh, you've submitted. And so we're going to dive in and see what are our thoughts and how do we stay at the table while we agree and disagree on how do we look at topics from the Old Testament. Enjoy. Good day, everyone. Hopefully uh, you're uh, out having a good day, just enjoying life. Uh, And thank you for joining us today. Today, as we go through the podcast, the topics that we'll be discussing are actually just a list of questions that we have in a basket. So these are fresh. These are not prepared. These are top of the mind. So you're going to get kind of to see our thought processes and where we agree and disagree. So welcome. And hopefully we'll have something interesting for you to build on. So I'm going to start out with a question that we receive um, and see how people are able to process it. The question is, how should we think about Old Testament accounts in which God favors or disfavors various people groups, right? So we have a God who loves all, whose image and likeness is in all, but we look at the Old Testament and it seems to have a bias. How do you process that? Matt, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Thank you, James. Well, and I mean, let me put out this disclaimer, which I know we've said before, but when in our conversations here, we're not trying to say we think that we're right about this. What we're, we're trying to do in these conversations is talk candidly and model what conversations can look like, even when you don't know if you agree or when you might disagree. So... With all that, how do I process it? I feel like I I tend to have a kind of an innate trust in God, for better or worse. And for me, I still can find peace understanding that, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do. And if he felt like revealing himself to one people was the best way to, you know, connect with humanity, then who am I to say, you know, that that's, that's bad. Now, so then that's step one is, you know, revealing yourself, kind of being the God of one people um, with a vision of moving toward being a God of all, you know, the reality, which is that he is the God of all people just revealed through one for a time. Um, now when it comes to bias, I think, you know, it's hard to read the Old Testament without, without kind of having these questions of, you know, what about the Hittites and the Chaldeans and the Amorites and Jebusites? And it feels like unfair, you know, the Jewish people kind of got God the other ones, whenever they interacted with the Jewish people, got the short end of the stick. 
I think I process it by still thinking people had an opportunity to to honor God through the Jewish people. It wasn't very likely to happen, and it didn't really happen. But I think I tend to hope or believe that maybe the door was still open for anybody to to show favor toward God. And I feel like there are some some examples where we see that where when people didn't oppose God, that it went out went all right. Even you know Rahab, the spy. Um. So. I, I tend to think of it as, you know, there was an open door. It was probably pretty narrow. But people always had an opportunity to to accept or open, be open to God. And when they didn't, he through his revelation to the one, the Israelite people, um, you know, sometimes people face consequences um, that to today look pretty biased, look harsh, look evil. Um, that's, that's kind of my processing of it. Okay. Pass the tea. Yeah. Okay. So while you were talking, I had to write because again, this is where I land. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it comes down to, do I believe in the inerrancy of the Bible? Do I believe that every I dotted T crossed is inerrant and everything is perfect. I do not. I believe it is God's best uh, form of communicating with humanity. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best. It's one form. I believe that when Romans talks about, you know, God's very presence can be seen in creation. I believe that actually the first Bible was is actually found in nature. So when you look at the beauty and the breath of nature, right, you, you feel the essence of who God is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get there. And I also believe that Christ is the exact representation of God. Mm-hmm. So that even the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament authors, must be sifted through Christ. So if I'm looking at the God who came, the canonic God talks about in um, Philippians about God emptied God's own self. If I look at the emptying of God, that God uh, became a servant, became a human, and died on the cross for us, then to have a God that for, died for all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Christ died for all. If I look at a God who was punitive and pointed God's own finger and said, you got to die, you can live, that does not fit in the God who died on the cross. Mm -hmm. So something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at the Bible, I am looking at the unfolding revelation that has happened over centuries since since the Bible began in the first century. So, you know, when I'm looking at it unfolding over time, the knowledge of God was not complete in Genesis, in Leviticus, Mm -hmm. in Numbers, Mm -hmm. in Psalms. It's not complete now Mm -hmm. because God continues to unfold. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at the Bible, it is as much about humanity and the way that we blame God, the way that we point, well, God told me to blow up the abortion center. Mm. Well, God told me to 
blah, blah, blah. Well, God told me to divorce my husband and and marry the postman. So it is as much about the way that we place God in these positions of things that are very human in what we do. Mm. And so when I'm reading the Bible— and I'm looking at the killing of people, or when the book of Psalms says, you know, dash their babies' heads against a stone. That doesn't fit with who Christ is. And I and I feel like that's part of what the gospels are all about, is Jesus and why Jesus came is coming in in flesh. It's like God going, Humans, I love you so much, but you do not get it. You are not understanding this. And and God comes in God's own self, comes in in the body of a human mm-hmm. to say, this is really who I am. I am the one who dies for you. I am the one that goes to the highways and byways and finds you. I am the one that dies outside the gate. I am the one that is crucified between two thieves. You know, I am the one that leaves the 99 to find you. And... And so when I'm looking at the Old Testament, for me, it does not—those kind of things do not fit with the Christ, the canonic, the one who gives up, who poured his own self out for us. Right, right. Yeah, this is one of those uh, ones you always have to—there's so much that can be said about it, right? Because the uh, Old Testament can become confusing. One of the things that helped me to start processing the Old Testament is when a gentleman asked me the question of how do you think the Old Testament was written? Is it God dictated or is it God inspired? And the difference on those are huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? So dictation is God is speaking in your ear in your writing, as Pastor T was saying a, a minute earlier, of uh, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted, the commas are in the right place, God dictated. And some people believe the Old Testament is written that way. I personally do not. I believe it's God inspired. If it's God inspired, there's elements, there's inferences that are in it that are correct for the story that is trying to be told. It is not necessarily complete, meaning my own personal bias as the author is still in there. Yes. And so as I look at the Old Testament, remember, it wasn't written for you and I. These are stories to one another within a people group. And the the bias of the people group is in within the writing. And if I'm on a team that wins or loses, my bias about that victory or loss is in there. Even though the inspiration for why tell the story is also in there. So when I hear about other people groups being destroyed, it is how I'm viewing the story. Um, And so that's how I see that the favor, disfavor of this small group of people that is trying to survive against monumentally uh, uh, oppressive situations and large other uh, people groups of how they process the story of their own survival. 
And that is the story throughout the Old Testament. They're telling the story from their point of view, what stories were important to tell, which ones were not told. And when they see things, how would they brain integrate these items? Because in the middle of all of those times when they talked about harming other people groups, somehow there's also stories in there about don't you dare. Right. Don't you dare do harm to the people that you captured in battle. Don't you dare. So there's these conflicts. So which one is you were saying and you also, Matt, was where's the consistency? If we sift it through Christ's New Testament, um, it starts to come together. And that's how I process the Old Testament. Yeah. No, uh, just uh, some thoughts there. How would you guys then process, you know, some of the prophetic literature where, you know, so it's one thing, you know, obviously each each passage we have to understand the the purpose of the writing the the context of the writing you know in psalms i don't have any issue with the throwing the children on dashing them against the ground i think i'm sorry i want to make sure but um if it's just david kind of saying i'm pissed and i want you to do this that that's just a human being a human written in the Bible, you know, like him revealing his heart, um, you know, for better or worse. And I don't even read that as something that, you know, reflects on God. If that's God saying that to David, well, that's a whole nother thing. Sorry about that. Um, But when it comes to like prophetic writing, where the frame is God is speaking a word to me, which is even different than historical accounts, I find it harder to say, well, this is just a person, you know, recording a historical thing, putting their overview of God on it. Okay, for historical accounts, I can I can get that. But I think we still do have to deal with how, you know, when when the Bible speaks kind of on behalf of God directly, and it sometimes feels less in alignment with with how we would understand God. Does that make sense? I, I'm capturing parts of it, and I am down some caffeine, so bear with me as I try to recount the story, because I think it's always important that we tell you the, the various scripture pieces that we're, we're referring to. But I'm thinking of the story of Nineveh, right? So there's a prophetic word that this city will be destroyed, because there's a set of actions that are in play that then is prophesied about. But because of the change of the actions of the people— there also changes the outcomes. That's how I process the prophetic. The prophetic is telling you that there's danger ahead on the road. Now you have the decision to change direction. If you are sensitive to the correction that you're given, you can also avoid the danger. It is not saying your destruction is assured. It is assured if you don't do something differently when warned. That's how I'm processing the prophetic pieces, mm-hmm. but um, I'm open to others. And I appreciate that challenge on the different types of things that we see in the Old Testament. Law, history, prophetic. I'm trying to wisdom. remember. Wisdom. Wisdom. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, 
I, I'm trying to kind of figure out the question along with, you know, what James was saying. And yeah, ask me the question again so I can get it clearer. So if if we're saying, you know, it's one thing to say, um, you know, a human kind of wrote a history with their lens of God into the Bible. It's another thing to say that when a prophecy... Um, I think it's another issue to deal with a prophecy which is recorded as, this is what God said. And if God says something in a prophecy that, you know, talks about, woe to you, Assyria, because of A, B, C, and D, here's what's going to happen to you. To me, it's harder to then write that off as like, well, that was just someone interpreting um, history and kind of putting God over top of it. It's, it's written as, I received a word here from God, here's what it was. Yeah, and I, for me, I look at that at, first off, I was brought up in a charismatic church that, not brought up I, when I came to know Christ, that people said, thus saith the Lord all the time, mm-hmm. right? So do I respect what the prophets say? Yes, I, I, I truly do. Do I, you know, I look at, somebody who gets up on a Sunday morning and preaches as a very prophetic moment. Is it 100% correct? No. And if you go into the prophets and you read, woe to you, Assyria, you know, woe to you, Nineveh, you know, inevitably at the end of that comes, but I will restore you, but I will. And so I look at that and go, how much of it is caused by our own humanness? how much of it is caused by our own dysfunction, our own creating enemies, our own going to war, our own, you know, humanity, that God, you know, they're saying, this is what God is saying to this. But I I can't let go of a community of people that believe that they were the chosen people and therefore everybody outside of that chosenness was considered evil. Yet Christ came and died for all. So, you know, forgive my simplicity, I sift even those moments through the cross. How does Christ overlay this? Because if Christ was crucified since the beginning of the world, right, from the beginning, the Bible tells us he was crucified, that means the truth of who Christ is was always there. So I must sift even those prophetic words. Do I discount them? No. I don't, because I believe there's an inspiration there. But I also believe that, you know, does this abide with 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter? Does this abide with the fruit of the Spirit, with faithfulness, right? With, you know, love never fails. Well, when you're destroying a whole people group, love looks like it's failing there. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you marry the two through and the biggest picture for me is Christ and and the profession of who Christ says that he is. I mean, I, I would think that also you could make, I mean, you might disagree with the argument, but sure. you could make the argument that, you know, especially I was just reading some verses in Isaiah, you know, I mean, it's really talking about God's sense of justice and of righteousness and 
we might feel like it's unfair, but ultimately an argument could be made that God sees these other people living in kind of abject injustice, you know, doing wrong to one another. And isn't it his prerogative to um, respond to them? Isn't that a part of, still part of who he is, um, to respond to the injustice that existed amongst people? Even if at the same time he is more lenient to to others, you know, primarily the Israelites, it seems like he gives them a lot of chances. You know, he could have wiped them out over and over again for their turning away from him. But, but that, for me, that creates a, a God that points at some and says, you may live. Let's look at the atrocities of slavery, right? So the those who were in white bodies, who were perpetuating slavery, they were not annihilated. Like it, it when you look at history, there were there are so many atrocities that have been done that seemingly have been left on. Mm-hmm. There's no justice. So, but that doesn't. You know, there's also people who haven't been raised from the dead, but that doesn't mean Lazarus wasn't raised from the dead. That that's true. So the thought that came to my mind was 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 this that we we commonly in these podcasts talked about or or, or talking about um, God's grace toward people who have done some very bad things. And I'm about to say a very unchristian thing. Uh oh. Go ahead. Say Could it. you say the same thing about the Jewish people that throughout history, meaning. It, it, did they do some bad things and God still have grace toward them as a people? Right? Yeah. And and so just because they're rewriting of history in a way that's favorable does not mean God was not displeased what would happen and how it happened. The grace didn't lift. So if we just narrow it back to David then, Right. I am very uncomfortable because there are all types of people who are taking pot shots at, at, at the Jewish people. And I don't I'm, I don't mean it that way at all. I, I'm just trying to say, hey, let's do a, a, a study of this. Let's think about this for those that are out there harming people because they're Jewish. No, I'm not on your team. Let's be clear about yeah. this. Um, but at the same time, it's saying that doesn't mean all the activities that they did and how they recorded was accurate or how God wanted it. That's how I process yes, those. Yes, me too. Uh, and so then I look at it in terms of these are all things that Jesus said he's going to have to go back and take care of. The, the Bible records the history, prophecies, and activities of one group. Let's remember around the world there were other people groups occurring at the same time. And these things are in these groups were trying to be access to God as well. Um, but I, I can go way too far on that part of the analysis, so I'll bring it back in. So at we, we see in the New Testament, when Paul tries to go out, there's this knee-jerk reaction to say no. And Paul has to argue, and along with Peter, say, no, we have to go out to these other groups. 
They are not these outcasts that we keep trying to say they are. I think that's still in play everywhere in the Old Testament. And I do truly believe that God chose the Jewish people group. I do, the Israelites. I do believe that their call into the promised land was to bring the promised land on earth. And I do believe it wasn't through, this is my own, please hear me, annihilation of other Mm -hmm. people. It was to be through the inclusivity of God. I personally think that they got caught in their own, um, I, I can't think of the word, nationalistic perspective, right? Don't go outside of our tribe. They, they were stoned if you married somebody. But, and I'm going to go back to my foundation, and this, this you know, I, if you hear anything else, is that God so loved the world. That is what First John says, John 1 says, God so loved the world that he sent his son. And then when I look at 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, rejoices with the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So when I land that next to God so loved the world, it is not God that's on trial. For me, it is the interpretation of God that humans have made, and it's the interpretation of Scripture that humans have made. So do I respect the Bible? Do I read it every day? Yes, because I believe it is God's best laid inspired plan for us to learn from. But I think I think what we've done is gone. Because they said God said to do this, it was God. I look at it and go, was it Israelites? Was it God? Or is this your idea of God? Is this your interpretation of a punitive God? So I, when I say it's as much about man, humanity, as it is about God— It's as much about humanity and the mistakes that we make and the errors of judgment that we make as it is about God. So when I'm looking at when they're killing, I go, who am I wanting to kill? Who am I? Who do I think should be done away with? What tribe am I saying you don't belong? You know, it's a it's a different way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. And in the same way as you brought with the prophecies. You know, one of the things that came to my mind as we were talking, and I think most of us, we're involved in the community. So we meet people from all different faiths and backgrounds. I'm wondering what would a rabbi say about this? Mm. And so I'll actually push this question out to the rabbi I know. And I encourage others to do the same because it's always interesting as a Christian to try to study uh, the nation, uh, the Israel, Israelites. And so, yeah, I, I, I'll take that as a task and bring it back to one of our, our, our future podcasts. Because I think that's a, that's a I'm, I'm always amazed that when I have a conversation with someone of the Jewish faith, that they'll go, oh, no, the way we process it is X. Right. So 
we are looking at their text and putting our lens on it. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Versus how they're trying to process the story internally. And it's a very different take and very interesting, very enlightening. And I would like to afford um, our brothers and sisters in the Jewish community the opportunity to do the same. I actually equate it to how we as Christians uh, view the Muslim faith, Mm -hmm. especially when I go back to Hagar and and, uh, Sarah. And I never forget how chapter 21 ends and God was with the boy. I have never gotten over that statement. What does that mean? Yep. And I think that points back to kind of our purpose here. Like, we we aren't having this conversation to convince you about how to think about the Old Testament. Yes, beautiful. Right? That's not our intent here. And I'm sure we've each said things that you probably think, that's just wrong. And maybe you have great, great resources to prove us wrong. God bless you. You know, the purpose what we're trying to meet here is this is we want to kind of live out what we're talking about, which is staying at the table. You know, we can disagree. I disagree with you, Tracy. And, and you know, I don't think it's a... a You're wrong. I, I don't think it's <laughs> a huge chasm here, honestly. But, you know, I, I hope that you've all heard that, you know, we, we don't think the same. Right. But there's a way to have these conversations without, you know, just exploding and, you know lashing out. And I hope that by the fact that we're going to have another episode, we're all going to still be here. I hope, you know, <laughs> if, 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 you know, one of us is, is not on any future podcast, then you can say, well, those people, right. <laughs> they but say one thing and then they leave they as soon as they disagree. No, but I want to say this because I want to give you kudos because even as we were talking and even as we were disagreeing with one another, we were still nodding when the other people were talking, going, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. That's important because it wasn't like, yes, yeah. And it's, no one was scowling. We were right, all kind of right. like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So that's a good point, Matt. Yep. Who's going to close this out? Go ahead, Matt. All right. Well, thank you for, li- <laughs> thank you for listening this, uh, to this episode. We hope that you gained something. Um, whether it's a different perspective or just a model for how to disagree with your in-laws or <laughs> with that annoying neighbor or with someone who has a different faith background from you. Um, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great day. And I just pray that you have a place that you can stay in the table of relationship where you can have hard conversations about the things that you're not sure about and that we could all as a community grow better together in that way. Have a great day. That's good. Thanks. All right now. Bye-bye. Staying at the Table is hosted by Dr. Tracy Saletta, Matthew Kissler, and James Beatty, and produced by Hear It Sound and Studio. Got a question or a comment or a topic you want discussed? Email us at adminccf at gmail.com. We'd love hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with new episodes coming out And if you're feeling kind, leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Find out more about staying at the table at cornerstonewestchester.com.